0: Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We're in a series called... A Place Called Home, A Place Called Home. We've done this series now for, this is the third week. The first week uh, and the second week, I had guest speakers help me. The first week, I had Kenny come and speak with and help me really talk about A Place Called Home, A Place of Unity, talking about being, we are a multicultural church. And then last week, I had my lovely wife come and speak and help me talk about having unity in the home. And so all week long, I have had people coming up to me and asking me, who's the guest speaker this week? And I say, me, myself, and I. And every single person has gone, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry you're stuck with me, okay? It is what it is, but hey, I'm excited today to talk to you about a home of forgiveness. I think a great, important, huge, huge part of really walking out and living the way God has called us to live. You know, we talked about a home of unity and really being a church of unity. We talked about a, a, ho- a, a home of uh Of relationships of last week talk about our home and our relationships being having unity and then today I want to talk to you really about having unity in our soul having unity in our soul you know oftentimes the enemy tries to create duplicity in our soul where we have this bitterness this unforgiveness this hurt this it is this injury that may have happened emotionally to us and it can cause us to be really divided in our own soul and I want to talk to you today About that a little bit in Mark chapter three and verse twenty-four, really where we get the text of our whole series. If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. So we're talking about really in the in the church. If the church is not in unity, if the church is divided, the church can't stand. If if the home is not uh, uh, in unity and it's divided, it can't stand. If the soul is divided, then it can't stand. And God wants us to have a soul uh, that walks and lives uh in freedom and in healing and so we're going to talk a little bit about that today in matthew chapter 18 starting starting in verse 21 it says and then peter came to him and asked this is jesus lord how often should i forgive someone who sins against me seven times he asks peter says i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot high i do i have to i do have to forgive somebody seven times Jesus says no, not seven times, but seven times, seventy times seven. So Jesus says, no, listen to me, no, not seven. I need you to do it 70 times seven. Now oftentimes, People say, oh, well, here's what you do then. I got a time, 70 times seven. Okay, that's how many times I'm supposed to forgive somebody, and then after that, I don't have to forgive anymore. Praise God, I can move on. No, what Jesus was saying here was just an opportunity for us to know that we are always to continue to forgive. No matter how many times someone has wronged us, no matter how, how many times someone has hurt us, that we are to always forgive. Now, oftentimes, I'm not gonna say oftentimes, always, and everybody in this room And online we've all been hurt or disappointed by someone we've all walked through some sort of hurt in our lives where whether it's church hurt maybe you've gone to a church and they they wounded you through something they said or something they did maybe I injured you and I hurt you by something I said or something I did I'm sorry if you stay around long enough I probably will forgive me I love you but I'm just I'm human you know maybe it was it wasn't church hurt maybe it was family hurt maybe it was something to do with a parent that that hurts you or a child that hurts you for those that are parents in the room or maybe maybe something like a a job hurt where something in the workplace a coworker or a boss that boss disappointed you and told you you were going to get the promotion and gave it to someone else or maybe a coworker who was a friend kind of threw you under the bus and they hurt you or or maybe an employee they went behind your back and they did something I don't know there's all different ways we could be hurt. Maybe it's a, a friend, family thing where it's a brother or a sister. Or maybe it's a friendship thing where someone in your relationship with your, a friend hurts you. Maybe it's your spouse. You've been, you've been hurt by a, a, a spouse. Or maybe uh, it, it's with a dating relationship. Someone has hurt you or disappointed you. We've all been hurt through something or someone. But the Bible says no matter what the wrongdoing or who the wrongdoing is, that we are to be a people that continue to forgive. Now, this is much easier said than done. We can easily say, oh, just let it go, forgive them, it's fine. But we've all walked through the hurt and we all know that it is difficult to just let go of whatever that hurt is. Can I get somebody to shake their head for me, please? Yes, okay, good. You agree with me. Thanks. And so, but God says, listen, I want you to know, listen, continue to be a person that gives. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31, Paul says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all rage, get rid of all anger, brawling, slander, along with every other malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. So Paul says, listen, we should be a people that understand that Christ has first forgiven us. We have all wronged God with the way that we've made decisions. The Bible says we've all fallen short, we've all sinned, we've all missed the mark. We've all made the mistake and so God still, because he loves us, still chose to forgive us. And so as a people who say we wanna live like him and be like him, then we need to be a people that don't just say, okay, we're gonna receive forgiveness but we also wanna replicate that and say we're gonna give forgiveness to those around us. Because we've all hurt God with the way that we've done things. We've all hurt him one way or another at some point in our lives where we made a decision to choose something over him. And so we've all been hurt at some point in our lives. But we should still be a people that are willing to give the forgiveness as we've received forgiveness. Now that being said, I want to talk to you a few things about why unforgiveness is bad. Why does God say to give forgiveness? Unforgiveness can change our identity. It changes our identity. It gives us a mentality of a victim. God did not call us to live in the victim mentality, but he gives us the the, the opportunity. This is what unforgiveness does. It gives us the opportunity to justify and and identify with that hurt. See, we are not to be a people that identify with something or by something that someone did to us. We should be identified for what Christ did for us. Oftentimes we identify with what's a past situation, what someone said to us, someone did to us, and so we're responding or reacting because of what someone said to us. When we should be instead remembering what God did for us, and so through that we live in the identity of that, and so it allows us to be able to let go and forgive easier and more often. The victim mentality will say, "It's I've been hurt. They don't deserve my forgiveness. They don't deserve my hurt. I I deserve this. But we don't deserve forgiveness." None of us in this room could ever earn the forgiveness that God has given us. None of us online could ever earn the forgiveness God has given us. And so we must be a people to understand, okay, I'm not going to live in a way of where I I identify myself by this hurt. No, I identify myself by the hurt that Christ took on his back in his life for me. Unforgiveness changes our identity. Also, unforgiveness spreads. Revenge, anger, bitterness, hatred, it all will destroy us emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally. It will, it, uh, unforgiveness spreads. It's not just like one area of our life and then it just sits. No, unforgiveness continues to spread and it ends up affecting every area of our life. I remember being in college uh, and all the bros in the room, the college bros, I was, remember being in college and went to go see one of my bros. I pull up at his house. He's playing video games. I pull in, walk in, and I just go in. I'm, he's playing video games. I like, say, hey, bro, I'm going to grab something to drink. You got something to drink? He's like, yeah, man, I got something to drink. And I go to open the refrigerator. He says, I wouldn't open that. I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen, but he told me not to open the fridge. In the process of opening it, I go to open it. And as soon as I open it, I don't know what it was. I don't remember if it was a sandwich. I don't know if it was a fruit. Something had gotten rotten and spoiled and it was molding. And as it was molding, he left it in there for so long because he didn't want to deal with it because he thought it was nasty. Come on, bro, somebody help me out. He was, it was so nasty that he left it in there, and the mold began to grow all over the refrigerator walls. It was all over the, wall, the, the, the door. As I opened the door, there was this sweet aroma that hit me from the refrigerator. And when I say sweet, it wasn't sweet. Come on, I was like, you know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. And I was like, bro, what are you doing? Why would you leave this? Like, this is disgusting. He said, yeah, man, it got so bad. Now it is what it is. Just leaving it in there, dude. can't mess with it. Come on, bros. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And as funny as this story is, this is what unforgiveness does to, uh, and bitterness does to our hearts and our lives. It doesn't just rot one area and we can just ho- hold it on to this one section, this one relationship. No, it overflows into all of our relationships. It overflows into our physical well-being. I know people who have gotten physically sick because of so much bitterness and unforgiveness in their lives. I know people who have mentally been depressed and become all anxious and all, have all kinds of things going on mentally wrong in their lives because of unforgiveness and bitterness in their hearts. They emotionally, they, they, they're emotionally erect because of all the hurt that they've walked through and they're not able to, they're not able to emotionally be healthy. Why? Because it's like a cancer, unforgiveness it doesn't just sit and just you're fine no it continues to grow it's like the mold in the refrigerator come on somebody i know nobody's going to forget that for the rest of your life praise god it's like a mold that it continues to grow and next thing you know it's consuming our entire life and now we're reacting in a relationship that we never uh, and saying things that we never realized we would say and it's all based off of hurt that that has happened many many years ago that we never allowed ourselves to be healed and forgive the person or something the thing that's happened in our lives it spreads it's a cancer in our lives. Unforgiveness also comes between you and God. And this is the worst of the worst as far as all the reasons why unforgiveness is bad. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 14, it says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. This is Jesus speaking. This is such an, an intense message right here that he speaks. He says, listen, if you forgive the father will forgive you he says if you do not forgive the father will not forgive the sins that you've committed and here's what it is see, sin the bible says separates us from god it creates this gap this wedge between us and god and so if we're not willing to forgive others there's this separation that we have from us and god because of the sin that we're not able even though we may be asking forgiveness God cannot forgive us because of the unforgiveness that we have in our hearts and so we may be saying God forgive me God I'm so sorry but we're willing to hold on to the thing of the hurt of the past of what's happened and so we're not able to be forgiven and so now we're wondering why we're not getting free from things it's because we've not allowed ourselves to walk through the freedom process and healing process of what's happened in the past and so God's not able to forgive us and so there's this gap in between us and God and we're like God where are you? God, why do I not feel close to you? God, why can't I hear you? Why don't I, why, when other, somebody else says they experience you and know you, God, why am I not doing that? Why am I read my word? God, why, why? It's because we've allowed ourselves to have this separation because of bitterness and unforgiveness. This is why bitterness and unforgiveness is so important of letting go of because we wanna be, I wanna be a person where every time I ask for forgiveness, God hears and he answers me. I don't want anything wedging between me and God because in the end, he's the only one that can take care of me. It's important that we would understand this. Now, let me say this, because everybody's like, oh my gosh, if, I, if that means if I'm upset with someone, does that mean God doesn't forgive me? That's not what I'm saying okay? It's a process. We know that as we walk through the process of forgiveness, it's not like, okay, if you say you forgive someone, and then you're working on forgiveness, and the next day you have a negative thought. You're like, oh my gosh, God's not going to forgive me. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about where you say, I'm not, I'm going to choose not to forgive, and I'm going to, and I'm just going to continue to live my life. That's the kind of unforgiveness we're talking about. Does that make sense? This is a 10 o'clock service. You're all supposed to be awake. Ah, Okay. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about forgiveness. And in order to do this, we're going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to talk to you about what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Okay, In order to know what forgiveness is, we have to also know what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not a feeling. If you are waiting for the feeling to feel good enough to let go of that hurt, you're going to wait the rest of your life. You're not going to wake up one day and be like, man. I feel like letting that person go. And you know what? Bless them, God. Bless them. No, you're going to roll out of bed and say, "Mm, God, smite them. Come on, somebody. God, bring down that fire like you did with Moses in the Old Testament. God, I want the Old Testament. God, I want the Old Covenant. God, smite them. Come on, somebody. Just me? Okay, it's all good. I'm working through my forgiveness. Come on, somebody. If you're waiting for a feeling to click in to where you feel like, okay, I'm ready, you'll wait the rest of your life. Feeling is not, forgiveness is not a feeling, forgiveness is a choice. Of saying, even though they wronged me, even though they said those things to me, even though they disappointed me, you know, I'm gonna choose, and even though I don't feel like forgiven, even though, even though they haven't apologized, if you're waiting on an apology to, be for, to, to ask or let go of forgiveness or, or give forgiveness, you're not gonna wait, you're, you're gonna be waiting the rest of your life. Even though they haven't apologized, God, I'm gonna let this go, why? because I'm choosing this. I understand it's not a feeling, I'm choosing this because I desire to walk in freedom and obedience with you. It's a choice. It's not, it's not this feeling. It would be like this if we say it's a feeling. It would be like you saying, you know what? I'm gonna eat when I stop feeling hungry. If you go to your friends and you're like, man, I'm so hungry. And, you, and your friends say, like, oh, well, let's get some food then. You're like, no, 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 I'm gonna, I don't eat until I stop feeling hungry. Your friends gonna be like, cuckoo. <laughs> Your friend's gonna, be, what in the world are you talking about? Your, your friend's gonna, be like, you got something mentally, what's going on? What's no, 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 trust me, trust me. I'm just gonna eat when I feel like not eating anymore. Well, guess what? You're gonna pass out. Come on, somebody. Like, you're gonna be done. That's not how it works. In fact, when you're hungry, it's a, it's a sign, when you have hunger pains, it's a sign to show you that you need to eat. The pain in your life is a sign to show you you need to let go and forgive. My daughter right now, many of you know, we have a newborn. She's seven months old, and I guess she's not really a newborn anymore. Seven months is kind of newborn, not, you know what I'm saying? But she's seven months old, and she will let you know when she's hungry. Come on, some parents in the room. She, She will let you know when she's hungry. In fact, when she's hungry, it doesn't matter what's going on around her. Somebody about to feed her. She has this fox that she loves. She holds the fox. She plays with the fox. The fox, like it, like rattles and makes a bunch of noises, and it's colorful, and she loves the thing. The other day, she's like whining and like you know griping, and she has this thing she's doing right now where she blows raspberries when she's mad. She's like, and she's got her eyebrows. Then she's like, you know, and she's like, I'm like holding the fox because Ash is getting the food ready. I'm like holding the fox. I'm like doing all these noises, like you know, I'm doing whatever I can do with the fox, and she's well, she takes the fox, she grabs the fox, and she just, and she throws the fox in my face, hits me in the face. And I'm just gonna be honest with y'all, okay? Y'all pray for my child. We need her to get saved. She's not saved yet. She needs Jesus, you know what I'm saying? We're praying that she's gonna receive Christ at some point. She's still working through her salvation, you know what I'm saying? That's a joke, for those that are thinking in the room. But here's the thing, here's the thing. It, what, happened was, bec- what happens is, when she's hungry, everything affects that until she's fed. It's the same thing with unforgiveness. When we have unforgiveness and hurt and bitterness in in our life, it affects everything until we're willing to forgive and let go. And in fact, the very pain that we're trying to remove or ignore is actually warning signs saying it's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. And it's important for all of us. And I know this is more of an intense message. And I know some of y'all, you know, like, oh, you don't know what I've been through. I'm not, I'm not saying I know what you've been through, but I do know this. I do know that if we're waiting for a feeling to feel good about letting go and forgiving, we'll never let go and we'll never forgive. It's a choice that we make to say, you know what, I'm choosing today that I know that Christ forgave me. And so since Christ forgave me, I want to replicate that. And I want to begin to walk in forgiveness to those around me. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Number two, forgiveness uh, forgiveness is not avoiding. You can't ignore it or avoid it. Uh, this is how it spreads. Just like my friend with the with the refrigerator. If you ignore unforgiveness, it's going to continue to spread. Oftentimes, we try to just push it aside. We say it'll be fine, and we'll just get over it through time. And I've seen people. I've seen people who in, in their in their thirties and forties who were still struggling with hurt that happened to them as a teenager because they just avoided it and thought time was just gonna take care of it. Time doesn't heal wounds like that. Time does heal some things and time may make you not think about it enough, but when you get into a relationship with someone and someone says something or does something that reminds you of that situation, here it all comes again. Why? Because it's an important for us to understand. We can't avoid it. We have to work on it and say we desire to get, get rid of it because we know it affects our entire life. Can't avoid it. Number three, forgiveness is not quick or easy. It's not quick or easy. It takes time. In fact, in Matthew chapter eighteen twenty one, we just read it. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. See, the cool thing would be is if we could just go to God and say, okay, God, you know what? It's been a while. I've been trying. God, okay, I forgive him. And then all of a sudden, like a Disney princess, we just start floating in the air. And all of a sudden, like we feel all these great th- fields and like we're floating in the clouds and then we're joining with the angels. And oh, you know, it would be great. But that's not what happens. Forgiveness is normally, normally not a one-time thing. Normally, forgiveness is a constant process. You may have to ask and say to God and, and, get, and even speak it out loud to yourself that you're going to forgive them every day. You may have to give up, get up every morning and say, I'm choosing to let go today. I'm choosing to forgive this morning. I'm choosing to forgive them today. It may be every hour. If you've been hurt in a way that's made super deep and and it's been traumatic in your life, it may be every hour to start where you have to choose every hour. I'm not going to think those negative thoughts about that person. God, I want to forgive them. And I'm choosing right in this moment, even though I don't feel it, even though I'm upset. God, I'm choosing to forgive them. Why? Because it's not this easy, all of a sudden we press this easy button, all of a sudden everything's gone and we're good, we can forgive. No, it's this process that we walk through. And we must know that because oftentimes people get frustrated when they say, okay, God, I'm forgiving them. And then two weeks later, they're dealing with the same thing. It's because it's a process that we walk through. It's not this easy, all of a sudden, I wish it was, but it's not. And so as believers, as humans... We have to be a people that say, okay, I understand this. And so as I walk through this process, I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit, would you help me? As I, as I wake up this morning, God, help me to forgive that person. As I, as I wake up tomorrow, Holy Spirit, would you help me as I walk today and walking in true forgiveness? Let me not think negatively about that person. Let me not think uh, 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 negatively about myself, but God, help me to walk through this process because I know you're calling me and desire for me to live in freedom and healing in my life. It's, it's a process, and it takes time. Forgiveness is not blaming and shaming. Forgiveness is not blaming and shaming. Okay, so I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna be a little bit, uh, y'all just love me, okay? But I'm gonna, I'm gonna step on some toes maybe today here. Oftentimes, what people do is we react or respond in a negative way, and what we do is we'll blame a situation that has happened to us, or that we've seen growing up as a way to justify why we're doing what we're doing. Let me explain. So maybe you grew up in an abusive home. If you grew up in an abusive home, then you turn around, next thing you know, you, you, you become verbally abusive. And so now you're like, oh, well, what's this? I've always seen, I've always seen my, my, my parents yelling and I've always been, oh, something, something over here. And so now it's just the way that I re- respond, it's just the way I react, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. No, what we're doing is we're justifying the way we react by blaming someone else for our decisions. We are who we are because of who we choose to be. We are who we are because today because who we chose to be yesterday and the day before that. Uh, every decision we have chosen to make, nothing in our past, not, hear me, nothing in our past defines who we are in the future. Now, it can affect us, yes, but God wants to use it to actually make us str- stronger humans and stronger believers, but we oftentimes use it as a negative, and the Bible says, I love it, the Bible says we become new creations in Christ. The Bible says not only do we become new creations, the Bible says the old life has passed. In fact, it goes on even greater, and it says all things are made new. All things or made new. So here's what it is. I can't blame something that happened to me 10 years ago today because now God says I'm a new creation. I'm not the same person as that. And so I can't let that affect the way I am now because if that affects the way I am now, I'm not allowing God to continue to work in me and make me a new creation in him. Is this all right? this is a little more intense but i'm just helping you out a perfect example for me i grew up in i'll call it aggressive home i'll call it aggressive to say the least okay i grew up in an aggressive home many of you know my story some of you may not grew up in an aggressive home when i became a teenager and even into some of college i became the same way i had major anger issues and i had i mean i got angry i would get frustrated for those that have anger situations going on you know you kind of flip and like next thing you know you don't even really understand what you're doing that was me okay and i got into college in bible college and really god began to work in me and I, I would always say, no kidding, I remember telling people, oh, this is just the way I am. I, I told people, I remember, this is just my personality. Oh, so-and-so in my family's like that. It's just, it's just the way we all are. I said that thinking in my brain legitimately that, that, that that's who we are. And here's what it was doing. It was allowing me to justify my sin. Because I was able to blame something else, it had caused me to be able to justify my sin. And here's what happens when we justify our sin. We justify our sin, we become comfortable on our sin. We become comfortable on our sin, we don't ever change. Okay, is this too intense? I love you, I promise. I love you, I love you. We'll hug everybody afterwards, I promise. I'll hug you all. And so here's what it is. I was using that situation to justify my sin. I had to get to a place where I said, I'm wrong. It doesn't matter the way that I was treated. I'm choosing to live this way. Now it was a process. It took me probably ten years to, with the Holy Spirit's help, with God's help and people around me as I continue to walk this thing out. Now I love it, because actually my wife, she'll laugh. She'll she she hysterical laughs and she'll tell people like I could never picture Jordan being angry. Like I just don't get angry anymore. I thank I thank God for that. I just don't get angry. In fact, I'm like I'm I'm kind of laid back where I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? The roof's on fire. Ah, we'll figure it out. It's gonna be okay. You know what I'm saying? It's what it is. In fact, no joke, like a couple of weeks ago, about a month or so ago, however long ago it was, it was pouring down raining in the, outside and we were in our circle before prayer, uh, before church and our prayer with our team and this great waterfall from the roof started falling onto that chair right there in the middle. It was this great waterfall. The whole team, everybody starts freaking out like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? I'm like, let it rain. You know, I'm just starting, <laughs> open the flood, no. you I didn't really do that, like this pastor's crazy. No, I didn't really do that. And so it's the it's a downpour. All the teams like, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? I had one guy, I love him, I love him, they're so they're, I'm so I'm so grateful for our team. They're, he's like taking off his shoes. I'm like, why are you taking your shoes off? He's like, Oh, they're dress shoes, I'd slide on the roof. I gotta take the shoes off in order to get on the roof. I'm like, No, don't get on the roof barefoot, please. Don't get on the roof barefoot. Don't do it. Put your shoes back on. And I remember I remember legitimately, everybody's like panicking. I'm like, it's gonna be fine. It'll be fine. I literally just said, let's pray. Prayed. Literally three minutes later, it stopped. I'm like, see, Jesus is real. <laughs> and I know I'm being funny. I know I'm being funny, but really, and I tell my team all the time. I have this saying that everybody says they make fun of me for saying it, but I'm like, ah, oh, it'll be I, right. it'll be I. Right. Something happens. Like, it's, all right. it's all right. It's all right. And literally, no kidding. 20 years ago, you you would have been like, it's not I. Right. You know what I'm saying? And here's what it is. It's because I understood, I got to the place in my heart where I understood there was stuff I had to bitterness and anger and unforgiveness that I had to work through in my life, that it was a process. It was not what defined me. But what I had to do is I had to allow myself to begin to, begin to work through that and allow the Holy Spirit to work me through that. And then when I got to the other side of it now, I don't blame someone for something else. No, I say, okay, it's on me. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to blame someone for the way that I respond or react. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to live with the identity of saying, no, I can respond in love. I can respond in joy. I can respond in peace. Why? Because I have a father in heaven who does the same for me. And that is what I identify with, not in some situation in my past. And everybody in this room, I know many people in this room online, you've been deeply, deeply wounded. And some of you are still working through that process. I want to let you know that does not define you. But don't play the blame game where you allow that situation to continue to keep you to live in, in, in a prison in your own soul. And then, and then blaming and the shaming. And the shaming game is uh, oftentimes we just, we kind of create this separation where we begin to create teams. And so we want, we get hurt. We want people on our team. And then this is where we begin to gossip. This is when we begin to talk negatively about them. We say things we normally wouldn't say about them. Why? Because we, we want people to feel good about us and negative about them. And here's what I know. If Jesus spoke out loud to everybody in this room about all the times I've wronged him, let me tell you something. You wouldn't be coming to church If Jesus out loud spoke about all the times you wronged him, let me tell you something. You wouldn't have anybody sitting by you right now. Why? Because we've all wronged him. We've all wronged him beyond what we could ever do. And here's what we know. Even though we've wronged him, he has chosen to still love us, forgive us, show us grace. And we must also replicate that and do the same for others around us. This is what God has called us to do. Live a life forgiveness. Forgiveness is not excusing wrong behavior. Forgiveness is not excusing wrong behavior. We're talking about all these things about forgiving others, and I do want to say oftentimes the enemy will lie to us and say, if I let go, that person wins. The enemy will lie to us and say, if I let go and if I forgive, that means I approve of this. That means that I'm letting this, this person go on a, as, a, as a free pass because of what they've done. You don't know what they've done to me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know what I've walked through. You don't know what I've had to deal with. No, I don't, but I do know this. When we forgive, it's not saying what they did or said was okay. We're not saying that. That's not what we're saying. In fact, there may be people in this room and even online, I wanna give you the grace to let you know, like I wanna help you out. Like if you're in an abusive situation, I would encourage you, don't stay. Forgiveness doesn't mean you have to stay. You probably need to distance yourself from that relationship to help you build or begin to find, one, who you are, but then also find the freedom that you may need. Just because we say forgive does not mean that we're saying we, we agree with what someone has done or doing and excuse it. That is not the case at all. What we are saying is that if we forgive, we, we are choosing in ourselves to let go. And the God, we're gonna let God change them. We're gonna let God work on them. And again, I'd rather God work on them than, God, than me work on them, because I know God can do a lot more to someone than I can. Now, I'm not saying we're praying God smite them, but you might, you know what I'm saying? But I know I'm being, I'm being silly, but for those in the room, maybe you're in this room and maybe even online and you're in an abusive situation, you, you feel trapped. I'm just gonna get real serious for two seconds and you feel trapped. I, I, I want you to know that we as a church or a family that will love you, that care about you. We want you to know we're here for you. You can come talk to us. We're not gonna talk bad about you. We're not gonna talk bad about the person, but we wanna help you because it's not healthy for you. And let me tell you something. You're like, what are you going to do? You're so small. I am small. But let me tell you something. I got big dudes around me. You know what I'm saying? We got, we'll all go together. We'll go get all your stuff. And I'll be the guy in the back like, get that. Pick that. Get that. I won't do anything because I'm so small. But I'll tell everybody what to do. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and I know I'm being funny. I know I'm being funny. But seriously, if you're in a situation, I, I will encourage you to, to, to find someone in your life that you can be open with. And again, that's not normal. And not only is that not normal. Hear me today. That not only is that not normal. I believe that's not God. God does not put you in a relationship to be aggressively abused, and verbally or physically. Okay, I know I'm being super serious, and I know this is like, whoa, I thought I was coming to hear Jesus loves me. He does love me. He does love you. But I want you to know, if you are in a situation like that, you have, you have a, a family of believers, everybody in this room, you have, and people online, you have everybody in this room that are for you, that believe in you, that want to stick up for you, want to fight for you. We'll do whatever we got to do. Why? Because we care about your soul and the health of your soul. So let us know. But if we say forgive, it's not saying we excuse it. What we're saying is we're letting it go. Why? Because here's what what forgiveness is. And I'm gonna close. Here's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is the choice. The forgiveness is the choice to walk in obedience and freedom, stemming from the heart of gratitude, of the grace that we have received. Forgiveness is the truth. this is all forgiveness is. I just told you all the things it's not, here's what it is. Forgiveness is the choice to walk in obedience and freedom because of my heart is stemming from a gratitude overflowing of gratitude from the grace that I have received in my life. Every single one of us in this room and online, we have all received a grace that we could never repay. And so instead of blaming someone, instead of being frustrated with someone, instead of being caught up in someone, I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to choose to forgive. Why? Because if I don't, I become a prisoner in my own soul. And bitterness will eat at me, and unforgiveness will eat at me, and I'll be, end up being a person I never chose to be. And it's all because we chose not to let go. And so I would encourage you in this room, maybe you've been deeply wounded. Maybe you've been affected so deeply and you, you don't even know what's up and down. I want to encourage you. It starts with a process and saying, here's what it is. I'm choosing today to start walking in freedom and in obedience because I understand what God has done for me, and I'm grateful for that. And so out of that, I'm going to begin to forgive. Now, very quickly as I close, three quick things on how to forgive. I always like to give practical application before we leave. Number one, pray. How do I really forgive? Pray. The Bible says in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, and verse 7, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Cast all your cares on him. I love the, the thought cast because it's like fishing. You cast as far as you can with the cares, the, the hurt, the pain. You just throw it on God as, as far as you can throw it and say, God, you care about me, so I'm throwing it on you. I'm giving it to you. And the Bible says if you need something, he says, ask and you will receive. And ask God, Holy Spirit, would you help me today? Empower me to be able to let go of this situation. Holy Spirit, begin to heal my heart and watch God begin to do that. Number two, not just pray, but number two, understand it's a process. We talked about this a little bit, but I want you to know not only is it a process as far as time, but it's also a process where God wants to take the very hurt that we've once walked through, and he wants us to use it when we get on the other side to help someone else that's walking through the same hurt. See, someone that's walked through a divorce can speak to someone walking through a divorce in such a greater, more powerful way than I ever could because I've never been divorced. Someone who's been abused can walk, and has been walked through freedom and through, and through forgiveness can help someone that's being abused in a, in, a, in a way and move in their hearts and encourage them in a way, way further than I ever could. Why? Because I was never abused. Why? Because God wants to use what we walk through. Our pain always has a purpose. And that purpose is as we get on the other side of that, we'll turn around and we'll say, hey, you know what? I was once in the same situation. My boss told me the same thing. And I want you to know because he told me that, I had some unforgiveness and bitterness but I want you to know I got on the other side of that and God has blessed me he's promoted me I had the same thing happen with a co-worker who threw me under the bus and next thing you know I didn't get promoted I actually got de- demoted you know and I want you to know the same thing happened to me but God did it so he could help me and he promoted me and he got me in a new place I want you to know he can do the same thing for you I want you to know you know what when I was young I was abused and I walked through these things and we can whatever our story may be we can turn around and we say you know what My pain wasn't just to make me walk through pain. Yeah, it allows us to grow, but it's also to help someone else in their pain so that we can help them get to the next side of life, and that is through freedom and healing in their lives. It's a process. And then lastly, people. Pray, process, people. Three Ps. The Bible says in... I think it's let me read it to you real quick in James chapter 5 verse 16 therefore confess your faith faults excuse me to one another and pray for one another that your your sins or, or may be healed or that you may be healed confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed I love this because we go to God for forgiveness and then we and then we go to others for healing see God can heal us yes but he puts people around us to help us walk out our healing. This is why it's so important that you would have two or three, four people in your life that you can be vulnerable with. See, we live in a culture and a society of where we are just have this facade and hide and act like everything's good and post all the great filters and, all the, and everything. Life is perfect. When, in fact, the gospel, I would even say, is the exact opposite of that, and that is this, where we begin to walk with one another. And we're open and vulnerable with one another. As we're open and vulnerable with one another, we say, hey, you know what? I've struggled with this thing in my life for 10 years. And you know what? I need help with this. And fellas, you could have two or three guys that say, you know what? Let's walk together. Let's pray together. Let's fight together. Why? Because we want to see you on the other side of freedom. We want to see you on the other side of healing. But it starts with being open and vulnerable with others around you. That's why small groups, we believe in small groups. I know I talk about it all the time, but I will continue to talk about it for the rest of my life because I believe in small groups. We get around a circle of believers. See, here, we can't be vulnerable with one another. Y'all just get to listen to me be vulnerable. Thanks. (laughs) We can't be vulnerable with one another. In a small group, we get together and it's intimate. Now we begin to be vulnerable with one another. And now what happens is, Growth and healing begins to start. It's not just so we can hang out and play ping pong together. I love ping pong. Sounds good. Do that. But through that, as we connect with one another, we build relationship and we begin to be open with one another. And next thing you know, through the pains of our past, God begins to free us and heal us. Things that we thought we'd have to live with for the rest of our lives, God begins to heal us. Why? Because he wants us to know that he loves us and he desires for us to live on the other side of that bitterness to live on the other side of that unforgiveness, but it starts with us making the choice, saying, I'm no longer going to be a prisoner to my own soul. I'm no longer going to have duplicity in my soul, but I'm not going to be divided. What I'm going to do is I'm going to begin to ask God to help me. I'm going to begin to let go, and I'm going to begin to get people around me to help me and walk through this process and watch what happens, how the Holy Spirit will begin to come and empower you. And I'm telling you, five years, 10 years from now, you'll look back and you'll say, I remember when I was in that situation and I thought I I was stuck. I thought I was, it was hopeless. I thought I would always deal with that. And now I'm on the other side of that and I'm using it for the glory of God to help others walk through that same process. We serve a God. Hear me today, I'm closing. We serve a God who loves us so much that he doesn't want us to just sit in our hurt, but he gives us a way out to allow us to really live the freedom and healing that we desire. We serve a good God. Amen. Can we pray today, Father?